Ah, Diet Dr. Pepper. It's a beautiful day. Welcome to Take Him With You, episode number 35 for September 27th, 2009. I'm your host, Rick Moyer, and we're going to be talking about our state fair, my kids' cool new video, and more. Do you pray before you eat dinner or any meal for that matter? We're going to talk about that. Plus, the muse you use, unleashing your creativity. That's what we're talking about today on Take Him With You. It's going to be a great show. I'll play some of my music for you and talk about ways to enhance your creativity. The Treks in Sci-Fi Podcast. Stand by to receive our transmission. Sci-fi entertainment news and commentary. I am Locutus of Borg. Star Trek episode analysis. Captain of the USS Enterprise. Pokey religions and ancient weapons. Collectibles, toy, and prop reviews. I am to misbehave. The weekly Treks in Sci-Fi podcast with your host Rico at treksinsci-fi.com. This is Jeff from Champ Podcast. After you finish listening to this excellent podcast, I invite you to come listen to ours. My co-host Jason and myself cover open wheel auto racing, focusing on Formula One and IndyCar. Each podcast we review the races, we talk about drivers and teams, and all the news and rumors as well. So come give us a go. We can be found at www.champpodcast.com, that's with one P, or in iTunes, search Champ Podcast. Champ Podcast, the world's fastest podcast. Okay, it's time for what's happening at Rick's house on Take Him With You. the soothing sounds of James Taylor. Um, I'm sure you're familiar with his music or at least have heard of him. 
Uh, but we were, Amy and I were really blessed by some friends of ours who gave us tickets to the James Taylor concert at the Puyallup Fair. Puyallup Fair is our state fair here in Washington State. And we were able to uh, go up for the day, enjoy the fair. We took a lot of pictures and stuff. You can check them out over at my uh, Facebook at uh, facebook.com slash rick.moyer and check out my photos of the Puyallup Fair. Very fun. Uh, but we got to go to the concert and, you know, quite honestly, I I don't I don't know a lot of James Taylor's music other than the, you know, the songs you just heard. Those were obviously very popular. Uh, but I hadn't gone to a concert like that in a long time. I'm really much more into the heavier music and stuff. And uh, my wife, of course, is, is more mellow than I am. That's just how it is. But we went to the concert and it was packed. I mean, it was quite a large grandstand and a bunch of seats on the floor. But they got really good tickets for us. We were in row 19, so we were just right up by the stage and uh, packed in like sardines. But it was just a a wonderful experience. You know, um, he really actually inspired me. I'm going to actually be talking about him today on the podcast. I changed my subject just because after sitting there watching this guy do what he was called to do and play the music and the band was so good. I just got to thinking about creativity and I got to thinking about how important it is that we are true to what we're called to do. And I'm going to be talking about that today. Maybe you have struggled at, at some time in your life with purpose or meaning, or are you really fulfilling everything you want to do in life? Well, I'll talk about that today, about unleashing your creativity and not necessarily just music creativity, but many other things as well. So stick around for that. It was very cool. Anyway, it was a great concert. We had a great time. And uh, I even I took pictures with my camera phone and even recorded a 30-second video you can see on my Facebook page. You'll get a real kick out of that. It was really, really fun, a lot of fun. So that was kind of cool. And uh, yeah, 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 the State Fair, Puyallup, do the Puyallup. That's our big thing there um really cool thing my son nathan uh, is down at george fox university and he is uh working in the film department or not working well i guess he's working for the it department but he's uh in classes to do some cinematography editing all that kind of stuff and he had his first project that he's working on and you probably should check out his um his new video he did it's really really cool you can go check it out over at um uh youtube.com slash Nathan Moyer. I think it's called Fear Extended or something. Anyway, it's a mood piece that he had to do for one of the classic uh, showing change in mood. And uh, I thought it turned out really cool. So check it out. Kind of nice when he has access to HD cameras and editing equipment and cool stuff like that. I guess he's working on a Mac uh, with Final Cut Pro is what they use. So pretty cool. You have to check that out. I did a really cool thing. The, um, I was out studying for this podcast, getting ready uh, to present the information, and I always go down to a little uh, restaurant called Ocean Palace, which is uh, in our hometown here, and uh, have a little lunch, and then I get out my little baby laptop, my netbook, and I just start writing notes and reading my Bible and different things and information that I get ready for the podcast. And uh, as I was sitting there, I just recently got unlimited texting, so I went and put Twitter and Facebook on my phone, um, just to be able to send messages and receive and everything. So my phone just kind of constantly goes off now. But I was sitting there, and I was part of the way into my meal, and I realized that I hadn't, I didn't say grace or pray or anything like that. And I wondered to myself, I wonder how many people actually pray before they eat. And uh, why or why not? You know, Do they pray in public? Do they just do it in private? I just was curious. I didn't, didn't 
you know, I was just really curious. So I asked that question on Facebook, and I got like, I don't know, what is it, 19, 20 responses. And I'd like to read a few of them to you because I think this is fascinating. We live in such a, a cool time when we can talk to one another about why we do what we do. And I thought this was really interesting. Okay, now that I get to the uh, the entry here on Facebook, I, re- I have 27 comments. And uh, th- now the interesting thing apart about this is that in doing research and just you know reading through the Bible and stuff like this, I found that there really isn't any rule or any commandment that says to pray before you eat. Yet, we do see the example of Jesus breaking, when he breaks bread, he blesses it, and then he breaks bread, and then he serves it to people. So we do see that concept. And of course, in in Jewish history and everything like that, there was always a blessing said before you ate. And so basically, it's a tradition that uh, sprang out of being thankful for what you have and have been given by God. That's basically why people say grace before meals. But uh, as you'll see in some of these comments, some people are very into it. Some people don't don't think they need to. Um, and and I really, the Bible isn't really clear other than the fact that we're supposed to be thankful to God for everything. And so um, I think it's really, really interesting. And I, I really like the different takes here. Jerry says, yes, I do. Or the question was, um, do you pray before you eat your meal? Why or why not in private or in public? Jerry says, yes, I do. If our family's out to dinner or somewhere that is way too loud, then we pray individually, otherwise as a family. Uh, as one waitress asked one time when our eyes were closed, you look like you're all tired. <laughs> Lots of laughs. That was funny. Uh, Mark says, I've been lacking in this lately. Thanks for the guilt trip. <laughs> Mark, you are so hilarious. I laughed so hard. I'm in the middle of a Chinese restaurant, and I check my phone, and it says, I've been lacking. Thanks for the guilt trip. And I laughed. They thought I was crazy. I was all by myself. Yeah, go figure. Uh, Stephanie says, about 90% of the time, I think it is important to thank God for how blessed we are, and it's a valuable lesson to teach our son. That's a cool comment, too. Um, I wrote down back to Mark, I didn't say yet if I did or not. (laughs) You made me laugh out loud in the booth, Mark. Uh, Michelle says, when I'm home, we do at dinner time as a family, but breakfast or lunch by myself usually don't. Probably should. When we go out, I would say 90% of the time we pray in public. There has been an occasion that we do not, for whatever reason. I'm thinking that I need to do it before every meal now, though. I mean, I'm thankful for each and every little uh, and big thing the Lord gives me. Good question, Rick. <laughs> and I think that's a good answer, too. I, You know, it's, it's again, are we thankful, you know? Um, how about this? Megan says, yes, we do. We take turns when we eat meals together in public or in private. And Jamie takes his turn, too. That's their son. And when we're eating separately, sometimes I do, sometimes I don't. Um, Ross says, never in public because I find it disruptive and I sometimes see people who do not, who do, and it looks like uh, they are putting on a show. Uh, That's true, too. And uh, let me see. Leanne says, at home or in public, I show enthusiasm in telling God thanks. In public, I make giving thanks important but quick. My point is to honor God, not to put on airs. I grew up uh, with a a cynical father who um, thought almost all churchgoers were hypocrites. So that's an interesting take on it, too. Steve says, before meals at home, sure. When out, unless someone else initiates a grace, I do not. Matthew 6, 5 is very clear on letting us know we are not to make spectacles of ourselves when it comes to prayer. We don't need to flaunt our Jesus. That's a really interesting concept, too. Thanks, Steve, for your comment. Pauletta says, uh, we do, but it's usually 
the three little ones because it turns into three-year-olds fighting over who gets to say the prayer. So all of them uh, each say it. They're really cute. But being the head of the household myself, I should do it also. Do you pray before each meal or does your family take turns, she asked. And, you know, we growing with the family, we say we say prayer prayer quite a bit before we eat. Sometimes we don't. Um doesn't mean that we're not thankful. Sometimes we just get busy and stuff like that. But it's it's not a we try not to make it a religious thing if that makes sense because you know, sometimes you can be into the the there's nothing wrong with regular and routine things done in our life. I mean, you got to brush your teeth, you know, on the rot. And it's and it's a good thing to thank God. But sometimes you can make um, people. I know lots of families that say a prayer but don't serve God at all. So it's like, why are you saying you're thankful to God when you you don't even care about Him? So it's just a matter of your heart. You know, I think that's what really the true Christianity, being a believer, really is more about your heart than it is about the routine. And uh, so that answers your question. Most of the time we pray, and uh, do we take turns? Oh, I make Catherine pray a lot. Used to make the boys pray a lot. Don't as much anymore. But every once in a while, sometimes I'll say the prayer. Amy will say it. We just share back and forth. Whoever feels like praying that that time does that, and we have a good time thanking God. Um, let's see. Joy says, yes, in private and sometimes in public, we just want to give thanks to God for what he's given us. Very cool. Emily says, good question. For some reason, we're not into the habit of doing so. But I always think that praying is a good thing no matter where you are or who you're with. Great Great comment. Um, Alan says, we do at home. In public, we try to be kind of secretive about it, but we still do. Nothing makes a waiter or a table next to you more nervous than a bunch of religious freaks, which we are, but we're nice people too, and they'll never know that if they think of us as freaks first. (laughs) That was great. Good job, Alan. Um, I really appreciate that. Um, Stefan says, we follow the Swiss tradition of wishing each other well before a meal, but not praying because the rest of the family is uncomfortable with it. None of my friends who pray before dinner do so in public because you get odd looks, even rude comments. John says, wow, Rick, I don't know why this question hit me so hard, but it did. Brother, you seem to have a connection to my thoughts. I will say this and try not to be lengthy. Yeah, right, John. He's so funny. I've been damaged and scarred in my faith, although I still totally believe in God. I feel that whatever you do, do it wholehearted. If you serve God, then yes, talk to him. Not by standing on the table and taking a collection, (laughs) but in your own way to him. I'm a musician and live what I do straight down to the painted nails and the eyeliner. I hang out in graveyards because that's what the evil rock and roll tells me to do. Just kidding. You're so funny, John. By the way, but seriously... Um, live what you believe. Uh, I'm done. If you want more, my book will be on sale at Barnes and Noble and Amazon in the next couple of months. Peace. (laughs) I love John. He's so fun. Angela says we do, but not always. I guess it's one of those things as with anything that can, can become religious. I've seen people, including my own home, fight like cats and dogs on the way to the dinner table and then solemnly take hands and pray over the meal. I've seen it done where children are just reciting words and have no idea, um, why, or even some adults. <laughs> That's true. Uh, we get super offended if someone dares take a bite without a word of prayer. We have no problem praying over our food in public, and more often than not do, but like to encourage a spirit of true gratefulness, and I feel that can be expressed with or without saying uh, the saying of grace. I prefer and often practice saying grace, but if it's not said, it's okay too. Whether I say grace or not, I seek to always acknowledge in my heart gratefulness to the Lord, my provider. 
Good. Thank you for that comment, Angela. Um, Mark uh, chimes back in and says, oh, my gosh, they gave thanks on um, on um, Big Bang Theory tonight. Man, I can't, can't I just can't catch a break. You're so funny. Ken says, First uh, Corinthians 10, 31, So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all in the glory of God, private and public, discreetly. We don't care who sees, just don't want to draw attention to it. They have their reward. That was good. Ronnie says, uh, Well, we don't fall out in the spirit or pray in tugs in public, but we do hold hands and quietly say the blessing. Nobody has ever given us a hard time or weird looks that we saw because our eyes were closed. (laughs) In fact, we've gotten thumbs up from many people um, who stopped by the table to say how much they appreciated seeing our family um, showing... Oh, sorry. I had to click more. Sorry. (laughs) They they appreciate seeing my family show gratitude in public. Christians aren't, by definition, a peculiar people, or we are, by definition, a peculiar people. We don't pray to anyone but the Lord, and if people are critical or complimentary, so be it. Danny says, my family's always prayed at the dinner table. It's a fine tradition. I do believe God has provided our, our means to survival and comfort, and he gives us the ability to live life. But sometimes I pray at the table to cross something off my list. Sometimes I pray because I have to. Otherwise, I'll be a bad son, friend, or just look awful and ungrateful. Growing up, I had the belief that perhaps God would not like you and not take part in the meal with you if you do not pray before you eat. But now I believe that to be untrue and sometimes be thankful is not saying um, saying saying it, but being a steward of what's given. I'm now trying to move away from things that are based around obligation and guilt. I promise you right now, if I sit at a meal with my family and do not pray, I will feel guilty. But in my heart, I would fully acknowledge where it all comes from and maybe getting uh, caught up in the routine gets in the way. It's really good. I don't think it's wrong to pray at dinner at the dinner table and definitely uh, don't worry how I look. But I know how I feel sometimes about the routine and need to take a step back and examine what really is going on. Richard says, We pray a blessing at the dinner table about 95% of the time at home. Usually our son says the prayer. Says the prayer. It's important to give thanks, in, and in public, we're not consistent about it. I'm not sure why that is. I have to think about it. Peggy says, I believe it's more important to live a thankful life and trust God about everything, including what we eat. And then Angela says, it's always blessed me to see families or couples praying over their food in public. For me, being the oldest of six six kids, having two of my own and having babysat 20 to 30 different kids over the course of my lifetime, praying in public is the least of what I find embarrassing. Lots of laughs. So there you go. That was just one question sparked by me sitting at lunch and realized that I kind of forgot to pray before I ate. And uh, isn't that interesting to see all those different um, ideas and thoughts on praying before a meal? So, um, and as I told you, the Moyer family, we, we uh, more often than not, we, we pray over our meals, but we, we try not to make it a, a just a routine that we go through with no meaning. It really needs to have meaning. And basically, the only reason as believers, and this is biblical now that I'm sharing this, is uh, people pray before their meals. Really, we're supposed to pray just to be thankful and is not necessarily having to say a prayer. But even we take the example from Jesus who on the night before he was crucified and betrayed, he uh, he broke bread, blessed it, and then fed it to people. So, And he did the same thing when he fed the 5,000. He broke the bread and he blessed it. And uh, that's kind of the example that we get. So I think that's where we get praying before meals. <laughs> that was kind of fun. 
We'll be back in just a few momentos. Good evening, everybody. When you aren't listening to Take In With You with the multi-talented Mr. Moyer, then I'd be honoured if you could take a few minutes to check out my little show, Happy Times. If you have an iPod Touch or an iPhone, and if you love your applications but are feeling the pinch of the current economic climate, then this is the podcast for you. Each week I'll review a free or cheap application and spend a few minutes gassing on about why I like it or not. Buying apps over the air can be both addictive and expensive, so why not spend a few minutes a week listening to Appy Times and I'll try to separate the wheat from the chaff. Just go to appytimes.podbean.com or search the iTunes store for Appy Times. That's A-P-P-Y-T-I-M-E-S. So come and share the Appy Times with me. Thank you. You really need to listen to his show. It's really entertaining and really fun, especially if you have an iPod Touch or, as he puts it, an iThingy. You really, it's a really good program. And so is this one, which is hysterical lately. Greetings, guildies. I'm Kenny. And I'm Jenny. After listening to Take Him With You, why don't you tune in to Knights of the Guild, the official fan podcast for the web series The Guild. Each month, we'll bring you the latest news about the Guild cast, including what projects they're working on and what conventions they'll be attending. Also, we'll be updating you on the current season. We'll talk about some behind-the-scenes fun of Season 2. As well as having cast, crew, and fan interviews. So head over to iTunes and subscribe to Knights of the Guild. Or go to our website for a direct download at knightsoftheguild.podbean.com. Zaboo! Kenny and Jenny, so fun. I took a picture of a unicorn for Jenny, and I sent it to Kenny. <laughs> You're really going to like the subject that's coming up today on the podcast. Um, it's called The Muse You Use, Unleashing Your Creativity. Trust me on this one. It's really, really important, and I think very encouraging for you. Um, listen to it and suck up all the information you can because I think it'll be really, really, really helpful. Okay, time for Words of Wisdom. I'll take him with you. Today, we are continuing on our journey, and we are going to be going through, our, we're actually going through the book of 1 Thessalonians, and we're on chapter 3. Here we go, from the Message Bible. So, when we couldn't stand being separated from you any longer, and could find no way to visit you ourselves, we stayed in Athens and sent Timothy to get you up and about, cheering you on so you wouldn't be discouraged by these hard times. He's a brother and companion in the faith, God's man in spreading the message, preaching Christ. Not that the trouble should come as any surprise to you. You've always known that we're in for this kind of thing. It's part of our calling. When we are with you, we made it quite clear that there was trouble ahead. And now that it's happened, you know what it's like. That's why I couldn't quit worrying. I had to know for myself how you were doing in the faith. I didn't want the tempter getting to you and tearing down everything we'd built up together. But now that Timothy is back, bringing his terrific report on your faith and love, we feel a lot better. It's especially gratifying to know that you continue to think well of us and that you want to see us as much as we want to see you. In the middle of our trouble and hard times here, just knowing that you're doing keeps us going. Knowing that your faith is alive keeps us alive. What would be an adequate thanksgiving to offer God for all the joy we experience before Him because of you? 
We do what we can, praying away night and day, asking for the bonus of seeing your faces again and doing what we can to help you when your faith falters. May God our Father himself and our Master Jesus clear the road to you. And may the Master pour out on the love so it fills your lives and splashes over on everyone around you, just as it does from us to you. May you be infused with strength and purity, filled with confidence in the presence of God our Father when our Master Jesus arrives with all his followers. There you go. That is 1 Thessalonians chapter 3 from the Message Bible on Take Him With You. That's our words of wisdom for the day. For more words of wisdom and a chapter of the Bible being read every week, you can join me on Wednesdays. I do the Midweek Booster every single week, and we're having a great time going through different books of the Bible. I think you'd really enjoy it. This time, I think this next time, we are in the book of Titus, so check it out. I'm a television junkie, and the real world stumps me. I got a lot of problems. Why don't somebody solve them? Hello, this is... No, I was going to say this is Angela. (laughs) That wouldn't work. That would be appropriate. No, because I'm not Angela. (laughs) I'm not Jen. (laughs) And you're not listening to the Anomaly Podcast. No, you you would in fact be listening to Take Him With You with our good buddy Rick. Oh, let's do that. Okay. 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 Uh, go, Go ahead. Okay. You do it first. Hi, this is Jen. No, no. Just say hello. This is not Jen. And no, this is not Angela. And I say, this is not Jen. Okay. And then you say, you are not listening to the Anomaly Podcast. Okay. But when you're done listening to... Yeah, fill in the blank. That works. It's like magic. It is. magic. It's funny. Okay. Let's go with it. Okay. Okay. So then I, should I go first then, since I'm not Jen? Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> Hello, I'm not Jen. And I'm not Angela. And you are not listening to the Anomaly Podcast. You would, in fact, be listening to Take Him With You with our good buddy Rick. Rick! (laughs) When you're done, please come listen to the Anomaly Podcast at (laughs) anomalypodcast.com. It was like the best accidental promo ever. I know, it's what we're good at. Hello there, my name is Med. And this is David Frost. You're not David Frost. Alright, I mean, this is Mark. And we are the present. Mark? Alright, get on with it. Okay. And we're the presenters of Waffle on Podcast. And we like to talk about. Crap. TV broadcast between 1960 to 1999. Would you say it's crap? Some of it. Really? <laughs> Especially the British stuff. But we've already had a podcast about that, so let's move up on that. Unbelievable. You can find us at the HTTP colon forward slash forward slash. Waffleon.podbean.com. Do not smile when I say the word colon. I'm not. Time once more for Food for Thought, right here on Taking With You. Heavy metal guitar riff 
What do you think? I have so much fun being creative, and that's what I want to talk about today. You know, I was inspired. We went to the James Taylor concert at the Puyallup Fair here in Washington at our state fair and um, watched a band that was just, they were so, they must have been playing together for years because they were absolutely incredible. And I just enjoyed the musicianship and the talent and the fact that they had been good stewards over what the talent that they'd been given. You know, and all of us have certain talents and gifts and I know you might think, well, I'm not a musician, Rick, so I, this isn't going to appeal to me. You may be a writer, or maybe you're not a writer or a musician, but you work with your hands and you do like wood, and and you enjoy making things or carpentry, or maybe you are really good at giving people advice and counseling with them, or maybe you're good at cooking, or you know, there's lots of different things and lots of areas that all of us have one thing or another that we do really well. And the key to life, really, what I've found over the years, is to find something you really enjoy and then do that because that will be the fulfillment that's in your heart. You know, and a lot of people will just set, settle for second best. They'll just settle for a good paying job and it doesn't really fulfill them and they'll just go through the motions and they live their life that way. And, you know, that's okay, but that's just not me. And I don't know, for me, I want to do something that makes a difference in the world to, with, in, with the people around me and something that I can use the gifts and the talents that God has given me um, to make a difference and to do something fulfilling like that. So I really believe, well, I'm calling this the muse you use, unleashing your creativity. And, you know, sometimes people just are, I think the biggest thing that stops people from being creative is fear. They're afraid of what others might think of the thing that they're creative with. And I think that is um, something that holds a lot of people back is fear. And, you know, fear of failing, fear of looking stupid, fear of getting up in front of people, fear of, of what it might make you look like. And, you know, that's totally understandable. That's really what holds a lot of people back. I remember in the book, Who Moved My Cheese? I remember, what would you do if you weren't afraid? was the question that was put out there. And that's a great question. What would you do if you weren't afraid? Now, that doesn't mean that you won't have f fear and, and feelings of fear while you're attempting doing something creative. But it, a lot of people just never do the creative thing because they don't, they're, they're too scared of what might happen. Now, for me, it was really interesting. At a young age, I like to entertain people and tell jokes and stories and stuff. But as time went on, I really wanted to do something more than just be a goofball. And so I started picking up different instruments and playing and stuff. And, and then what I found was I needed something um, to just, just, you know, just really express what I was feeling on the inside. And so I took up, you know, playing guitar and playing keyboards and stuff like that. And I found some tools that would help me to do things. So the, the first thing that we can do to really start unleashing the creativity on the inside of us, because I believe that God created us creative. Now, let me tell you why, because God is creative. If you look at the Bible, you'll see that the very first thing that God does is he creates the, the heavens and the earth, and, and then he makes all these incredible things. Very God is very creative. All you have to do is look at nature, and you know, or just look at somebody else and go, wow, look at that. These people are so unique and different and cool, and, and God is creative. He just That's how he is, and I believe that God is our Father, and that there's creativeness on the inside of us. Every one of us, even if you don't have talent musically, you could have talent in lots of other areas that takes all sorts of people to make the world go round. 
but there's a creativity on the inside of you. And I just believe God wants to bring that out. So for me, I started off and I just started goofing around with some tools. So that's the first thing to do. You overcome the fear of, of failure and say, you know what? I don't care what anybody else thinks. I'm going to be me and I'm going to do what I'm called to do. And I'm going to experiment and try some of these things out to see what, what I can really do with what God has given me. And uh, for me, I had to go then go get some tools like the guitar or the keyboard, uh, you might want to get a computer. Well, you got, you got a computer. You're listening to this, um, or you might want to um, you might want to grab uh, some software that'll help you go do writing or write lyrics, or or maybe you need to pick up a few cookbooks. I don't know what your gifting is. I don't know what you really love to do, but whatever you love to do, find something that is a tool that can help you expand that and practice it. It's like musical instruments a lot of times. If you don't practice, that's the one thing that like with at James Taylor concert, I was watching him play and I thought, you know, I need to practice more because this guy, it's just he's expressing himself in such a wonderful way because he can, because he's spent time with the instrument that he expresses himself with. So I have stuff like my keyboard here. And I can I can create all sorts of symphonies and different things that I want for um like Treks and Sci-Fi's microcast and and uh, my Stargazer album and different things, but I I just sit around and goof around, and you don't hear half the stuff that I do. Isn't that cool? I just sit there and play on my keyboard. I can turn on these cool things to make it uh, do some other things. Isn't that fun? And so I I just goof around and play with things and 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 sometimes I'll um sometimes I just sit quiet for a moment and I and I just pray and I say God I know you gave me gifts and talents and I want to honor you and I just give me something that I can work with and and use and He does. So I start things off and uh, I, I like to get a drum beat going and stuff like that and then just play with sounds. I'll just play around until I find something that I like, and then uh, then I'll just play with it, and, and I'll add more tracks to it. You know, I can do one track and then add another one, and add another one in the software that I have. That's the other thing too, is to look for software because we're all computer folks. The people who are listening to podcasts are usually computer folks. Look for the software that can advance the gifts and the talents that you have, or it lets you expand things. I know people that aren't musicians that create beautiful music with GarageBand, with uh, different looping programs and stuff that they can find. Um, we started off with Techno EJ. That's what we started playing with, you know. And it's just so fun because then you can you can create things. You can hear music. You like it. Maybe you can't play it. 
but you can put things together and there's no excuse nowadays because of the technology that exists not to unleash that creativeness on the inside of you. You have a voice in Breathe life into my soul. Breathe life and make me whole. Breathe life into my soul. Breathe life and make me whole. Now, what I'll do with something like that i can turn that off there then i'll go back and i'll listen to what i've done and i re-record my voice over the top and so it'll sound something like this so what i've done here is i've added two more vocals and now watch what i do with how i'm going to enhance those vocals with a chorusy sound and a stereo mix creative process isn't really um i don't know it's not that difficult i think it's just a matter you know for years and years and years i spent time just playing with the microphone and um singing and and uh, playing the keyboard and just kind of experimenting with sounds and pretty soon you just kind of i just go and i don't worry about making a mistake like you heard just now there was a a lot of mistakes in what i was doing but i was just goofing around now if i go to actually record the thing and really make it tight and cool sound and everything, well, then I'll go back and make it as perfect as I possibly can because the final product, that's what people listen to. But really the creative process, you need to be able to fail many times in order for for you to succeed. So if you are you know, a cook and you really feel like you are good at making stuff to eat, well, you're going to make a few ones that don't taste very good. You really will. I, I've written many, many songs that aren't that great. Until you get that one that really goes and people really enjoy that. Or I've done tons and tons and tons of instrumental music. And some of it's just not so special. But then you hit a song that just really, really people dig it. Or you just hit a groove and it it works. So part of the process of being creative is not being afraid to fail. and, And getting back up on the horse again and riding. You know, if you get thrown off, you get back on. And that's really what the creative process is all about. Good writers... Uh, do several drafts before they finally come up with the with the final product, and that's just how it works. And and I think a lot of times people get discouraged, or they they maybe make one mistake, or they think it sounds stupid, or whatever. You know, it takes practice and it takes time, but you can't let those times of discouragement dictate what you do with your future. So it's very very important to to really think about um, keep on trying. Keep on trying. Don't let failure hold you back from what you're called to do. There's so many tools out there for your given talents and and things that you can grab a hold of and use. And I encourage you to do that. Go out there. Deal with the fear problem. Then go get the tools. And then experiment. Experiment. Create. Go for it. 
You know, if you're a writer, spend time writing. You know, set a block of time every day to sit down and just write, even if it's only 10 minutes, even if it's a half hour. Just do that and do it every day faithfully. And you watch. It's, you know, it's not the big things that are successes in our life or that cause success in our life. It's the little things we do every day that cause success. So in the area of, of creativity, it's the little things we do every day that creates the big picture of success. I mean, even with the podcast, even with my speaking, public speaking and different things, I'm constantly thinking about stuff and I'm I'm letting it stew in that crock pot of my mind. I guess that's what you would call it. It just kind of simmers in there. And when it's time to create, then I, I just block out some time and some space. Sometimes I like to collaborate and have other people with me when I'm creating. Other times I like to be just completely alone. Like yesterday, I wrote lyrics to a song about zombies. <laughs> I know that sounds funny, but I'm gonna, my whole series in October is going to be zombies. And uh, for taking with you, and not in the way that you might think, but uh, I wrote I wrote a song at the Chinese restaurant called um, uh, "Zombie," and and it's all about not wanting to be a zombie in life. But I, I sat there and I was all alone. I kind of zoned everything out, and I just I there was a theme in my head that I was thinking about. How would I explain that I don't want to just wander aimlessly through life? I want to have a purpose, and I I need a reason to live, and I there's more to life than just existing. Well. All of a sudden, it hit me. You know what? What things wander aimlessly with no direction? They just, you know, plunder and run into things and kill and maim and eat and all this. Zombies. And I got to thinking. I don't want to be a zombie. I want to. I don't want to be the undead. I don't want to do that. And uh, so I wrote this song, and I think it makes a lot of sense. And and someday you'll hear it, probably next month. But the whole point is, I I I had. The I, I'm not afraid of writing something that's a little bit different. I have the tools to do that, and now I've experimented, and I, I'll keep experimenting. It might flop totally, and you might never ever hear the song. I don't know. But then I've taken time away to really work on that. And I think every creative person needs something and somewhere to be where they can create, whether it be your studio that you paint in or the place that you build your models in, or or the place that you do your computer programming in. I don't know. But everybody needs a space or a place where they can create. And I've created a little space here in my in my living room where I have my keyboards and my computer stuff and my microphones and the mixer and all the stuff that I use. And my guitars hang on the wall. I've got these cool little hangers. And it just inspires me. It's a place where I can just go and be and and do my thing. Well, that's what you need, too. If you're a creative person, I believe you are. Where do you create your stuff? And maybe one of the reasons you haven't been able to be creative lately is because you don't have a place to just do your stuff at. Some people get in their car and drive, like I do sometimes. I'll I'll drive to a, a scenic place in our in our town, and I'll just look over that, and that inspires me. And I get ideas for lyrics for songs or a story idea. Or I'm constantly looking for for things that would help me to explain my mission in life, my story. And I've got a mission in life, and my mission in life is to encourage people and to explain my faith in a way that's relevant to everyone that I come in contact with. That's my mission in life, and that's what I do. So I look for it in the TV programs that I watch, in the movies that I see, in the music I listen to, in the town that I walk through, the grocery store. I'm constantly thinking about what is my mission in life and how can I relate that to people um, for their benefit. That's what I'm looking at. And that is just such an exciting thing to do. When you look at life that way, it's never boring. It's never dull. It's always really cool. 
Yeah, I just that's the way that's the way it's exciting to be creative. But you got to you, you got to just forget about the fear factor of it. You got to use tools that you can with whatever your gifting and talent is. Get those tools. Sometimes it costs a little bit of money. Most of the time it doesn't. And then thirdly, you've got to practice, practice, practice. And fourthly, you got to have a place where you can create. And then you have to have the guts to share it with others. I've got several friends that do podcasts um, or or are writers, and and I'm sure of it. If you're listening to this program, you may want to even um, chime in and, and send me an audio comment for next week, and explain that creative process in your head and how that works. But I know several of them. Every one of us is insecure in some ways because we put our work out there, and and then people judge it. You know, whether we like that or not. But you got, you can't be afraid of the critics. That's the next thing. Don't be afraid of the critics. Listen, I mean, it's good to listen to people that you know care about you and are going to help you and support you, but you can't let the one or two nerds out there that are jerks to you stop you from achieving everything that you're called to do. Listen, I know it's weird. I'll get so many really nice emails, and then I'll get one bad email, and it just destroys my week, and then I think, wait a minute, I'm bigger than that. I can handle criticism, and and besides that— um, the people close to me, you know, I let them speak into my life. And the creative process, you're going to get bruised, you're going to get hurt, uh, but you can't let the one or two naysayers in your life, and sometimes they can be people that are close to you, most of the time they're not, but uh, you can't let the negative stuff stop you from doing what you're called to do. Because if you do, then guess what? The devil wins. And I hate, you know, I don't want to be all super spiritual, but you know what? I'll tell you, we have an enemy. You know that. The podcast that I did, 666, The Number of the Beast, I told you and I explained what the Bible says, that we have an enemy of our soul. What do you think he wants for your life? Well, I know what he wants. He wants to stop you from being creative. He doesn't want you to use your gifts and your talents for God. Absolutely doesn't want that to happen. But I have news for you. The devil's a jerk, and you can't let people that are used by him or him stop you from doing what God has called you to do. You you were made specifically for a reason and for a purpose, and you have something that maybe other people have too. You know, there's lots of talented people out there, but I'm not just talking about the, the fine arts. I'm talking, there's so much richness and, and uh, depth in every one of the people that are living in you. There's richness, there's depth, there's character, there's cool things going on in the inside of you. And you you can't be afraid of expressing those things and moving forward with your life because it's just so cool. You know, uh, there there is a fierce competition for what people listen to in this world. There really is. And what we let in influences us and it plots our course. So who are you going to listen to? Are you going to listen to the critics or are you going to listen to the Spirit of God on the inside of you? Well, I'll tell you what, I choose, my muse isn't some weird, it's not a doorknob, it's some not some enchanted fairy, it's not this or that, it's my muse is is Jesus, and because I know he created me, I know that God gave me the gifts and the talents I have, so I let him use me in that way. There's a really interesting story in the Bible, and it's called, it's traditionally called the parable of, of the, of the uh, talents, and it's talking about... Um, Three individuals that this um, this master comes to and talks to. I'd like to read it to you, and I'd like to talk about it a little bit, because I believe 
in a nutshell, that every one of us were given a life to live and we're stewards over that life. What we do with it is up to us. Now, yes, we should be serving God because he's the one who created us and has given us this mission. Not everybody does. I understand that. But I believe we've been given a life and we're a steward over that. And here is the parable that that talks about that because I, I just think it's fascinating and it really motivates me to do something with my life. I'm going to actually read it to you. Then I'm going to go back and I'm going to create the music on the spot and put that all out together uh, so you get music and different effects and stuff in the reading that I'm going to create right now and use that creative process that I talked about. So we're going to be in Luke chapter 19. And here is uh, verse 11 is where it starts. And this is in the Message Bible. It says this. While he had their attention, and because they were getting close to Jerusalem by this time, an expectation was building that God's kingdom would appear any minute, he told this story. There was once a man descended from a royal house who needed to make a long trip back to headquarters to get authorization for his rule and then return. But first, he called ten servants together, gave them each a sum of money, and instructed them, Operate with this until I return. But the citizens there hated him, so they sent a commission with a signed petition to oppose his rule. We don't want this man to rule us. When he came back bringing the authorization of his rule, he called those ten servants to whom he had given the money to find out how they'd done. The first said, Master, I doubled your money. He said, Good servant, great work. Because you've been trustworthy in small jobs, I'm making you the governor of ten towns. The second said, Master, I made 50% profit on your money. He said, I'm putting you in charge of five towns. The next servant said, Master, here's your money, safe and sound. I kept it hidden in the cellar. To tell you the truth, I was a little afraid. I know you have high standards and hate sloppiness and don't suffer fools gladly. He said, you're right that I don't suffer fools gladly. You acted the fool. Why didn't you at least invest the money in securities so I would have gotten a little interest on it? Then he said to those standing there, Take the money from him and give it to the servant who doubled my stake. They said, But master, he already has double. He said, That's what I mean. Risk your life and get more than you've ever dreamed of. Play it safe end up holding the bag. As for these enemies of mine who petitioned against my rule, clear them out of here. I don't want to see their faces around here again. Well, there you go. Isn't that an interesting parable of the talents? He gives, the master gives these people his money and says, do something with it. Just as I believe every one of us has been given a life to do something with it. Now, we can play it safe, and we can just sit on it, and just kind of do whatever we want, and be scared of ever venturing out. Or, we can take a risk and live life to the fullest. You see, when we start to live life to the fullest, if we explore why we were created, what, what we have on the inside of us, and what we can do to help people, I guarantee you that your life will be much more fulfilling than just always being selfish and always going after what you want. Does, does that make sense? Because I really believe we have been given a life by God 
to do something with it. Now, what we do with it is up to us. And I really believe that some of the the best ways to find out what we're supposed to do with our life is to have a relationship with the God who created us. And that's available. See, that's the the cool thing about Christianity is it's not it's not a works orientated um religion. In other words, you you don't really have a whole big huge factor in it other than you have a free will and a free mind and you you can choose to serve God or not. And when you do serve him, when you do accept him into your heart, then you can actually explore the reason you were created in depth and you can get a whole, whole lot more detail out of it. Now I know a lot of people that, you know, different musicians, writers, um actors, singers, you know, d- different people that that go ahead and just do the gift they know that they're called to do, but they don't really acknowledge God. And they can they can some people make a lot of money doing that and they can do big stuff, but deep down inside, you really are never fulfilled in your heart until you actually serve God with the talents and the gifts that you have. And you know, I I would imagine um the cool part about this parable is is that when you do something with what God has given you, he will multiply it. So in other words, you really don't know the great potential that you have until you start to serve God and, and serve him with that talent and that gift. When you do that, then you, you God will automatically honor that and double the amount of talent and the different things and, the, and put you in places that you never dreamed of going. Your books start to get published. Your songs start to get listened to. Your the you start to counsel more people. You cook better meals, so on and so forth. These are just a few things that I can can go over. But I guarantee you that when you start to serve God with your t- gifts and talents, He will double it, and and you start to be a steward over what you have learned. I'll never forget my friend in high school. His name is Mike, and he really challenged me right out of high school. We were in college, and we were in a band together doing some stuff, and he recognized the talent that I had. And one day he had a big, long talk with me, and he just said, you know, it would be a shame if you didn't take some more lessons on how to play some of the music that you're doing. It would be a shame if you didn't pursue some of these things and get better at it because God has given you a gift, my friend. I'll never forget those words. He really challenged me, and it really helped me because... I became a lifelong learner as a result of it. So now when there's music classes or different things being offered, I'll try to jump in there and learn and, and grow and, and try to perfect and do better with what I've been given because I believe that's one of the things that we have in life is to be able to pursue that and to um, enhance what we already have. And if we do that, then I believe it just snowballs and you get better and better at what you do. And my desire in life is to be a better communicator, and that's what I'm trying to do. And I believe every year I have achieved that. I was a little better in communicating my faith and and the direction that I'm going. I'm better at getting the message across than I was the year before. And that's my goal in life is to encourage people and to bring faith into a, a clear picture in people's lives so that they can see, wow, I could have that too. I really want to connect with God and, and be everything that God has created me to be. Isn't that a fascinating parable? And isn't it wonderful to think that no matter how old we are, we can still learn. No matter where we're at in life, we can be a steward over the life that God has given us. And I think it's very, very important. You know, I would rather listen to God in things than simply be oblivious to the world around me. I'm always trying to listen to what God is trying to say through other people, through programs, through through uh, people that I, you know, rub elbows with or or articles that I read. I'm always trying to see. There's so many people that will just sit there and just be fed stuff. I want to be one that feeds. You know what I mean? I mean, 
Why settle for just reading everybody else's book? Why not write our own? Why settle for just listening to everybody else's music? Why not create our own? Because I think we, we have that opportunity. And what separates people from really living their dreams? People that will risk and dare to do what they're called to do. And I want to be like that. That's my desire. That's my, that's my hope in life. And you know, not everybody will understand your dreams or your gifts. They're not all, you're never going to please everyone. But you know what? Your talent and passion is someone else's gift. Think about the people, the writers or the musicians or the, the cooks or the teachers or the, or the professors that have made it a huge impact in your life. Their talent and passion was your gift. You received from them. Why don't we reciprocate? Why don't we be like people that, that offer something that helps people? Boy, that's really where it's all at, isn't it? And really being true to oneself and to God is really the key to success. It, it's about doing what you're called to do. I watched James Taylor at the Puyallup Fair, and I, and I watched him play and sing. And the thing that I loved about him was, even though he played these songs probably every day, you know, after he wrote them, for the rest of his life, some of these are songs, you know, winter, spring, summer, or fall, all you gotta do is call. He sang that. He sung that song probably every day for the after he wrote that, and that was a long time ago. And actually, he didn't write it, but he 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 sang it. Somebody else's song, but but you know what? I watched. He played that song in concert, and it was like he played it for the first time. It was stunning. It was he was enthusiastic. He played it like it was the last time he was ever going to play it. They hit every note right on, and he sang it so clearly and beautifully that I I just give me chills. And goosebumps. And I thought, that is what I want to be like. A man that has passion like that and and does it like it's the last day he's ever going to be able to do it. I want to live my life like that. Like this is the last podcast I'm ever going to do. And here you go. Here it is. I want to live my life like that. That's what I want to be like. I want to be a steward over what God has given me and 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 bless people with it. That is just so fun. I mean, really, when you think about it, there's so much more to life than just existing. I don't want to be normal. I don't mind being abnormal. That's okay. <laughs> I mean, it, it, it's about risk. There's a fallacy out there that says, do whatever you want. Do whatever feels good. And I'm not saying that. I'm, I'm saying do whatever you know God has called you to do. Do what you were created to do. Never stop being who you are. I wrote an email the other day to Scott Johnson, the guy that does ELR, uh, the uh, Extra Life Radio podcast, and I wrote in the uh, at the bottom of it. I said, you know, thank you. You made he made me laugh. It was such a funny show the other day. And not all the stuff that is on there do I like because some of it's just a little too extreme for me. But I listen every once in a while. But I listened to this program and I just thought it, he's made me laugh. And I got to thinking. I love it because there's people like Scott Johnson in the world. And so when I wrote to him, I said he made me smile and never stop being who God created you to be. And I I just think that's so cool. I think we all need to encourage each other to never stop being who God created us to be. See, we've been we've had a life given to us by God. And I think it's it's so necessary that we acknowledge that and then we then we do something with our life. Hmm. You know, I want to encourage you to make some goals in your life, just like I do. Start the business that you've been dreaming about. 
Write the book that you've always dreamed of writing. Make the music that you have, you've had in your heart and in your head. Do the research on whatever it is that God has called you to research. Do something and never stop being who God created you to be. There is so much more to our lives. Don't just exist. Live for a purpose. Live for a reason. And I just, I just, I'm, I'm going to pray that every person listening to this podcast catch the enthusiasm of, of creating an atmosphere to create in. Setting things aside, setting time aside to do and to develop the gifts and the talents on the inside of you. Boy, do that. And watch what happens. Watch what comes out of that. Creativity, um, it's, it's a gift and it's, it's wonderful and every one of us has it. It's just a matter of taking the time to develop it. I want to play a song that is by a guy named John Elefante. He used to be in the band Kansas years ago. And he wrote a song called That's Why God Made the Moon. And I just, I don't know, it's just such a cool, creative song and really speaks to this whole thing about um, about creativity. So here you go. Just city in the distance 
That's Why God Made the Moon by John Elefante. Great song. Very uh, very well crafted and uh, created there by a guy that loves God. Pretty cool. Let me pray for you, and then I'll introduce uh, what we're going to do next week. So uh, let's pray. Father, I thank you for every single person and the amazing potential that you've put on the inside of every one of us. Lord, you've gifted us and given us talents in lots of different types of areas. And I pray, Lord, that each one of us would be a steward over the life you've given us. That we would look at our lives and begin to make an effort in the areas that we know that we have some type of gift or talent. That we would not waste our lives just doing whatever we want to do, but we would simply embrace the life that you want for us, God, and begin to use those gifts and talents to accomplish the mission that you've given us on this earth. And I thank you for every single person, Lord. Bring that out. I pray for the folks that have been beaten down and hurt and maybe are afraid that you would give them courage, 
that they would uh, turn around and just say, you know what, I'm going to do what this I'm supposed to do here. God, give us courage, give us boldness, and give us strength, Lord, to accomplish all that you have for us. And and then, God, help us, um, help us get the tools that we need to develop the stuff in our life that you want us to. Uh, Lord, help us to set aside some time that we might uh, practice those things. And then, God, um, I pray that you would help us create, be creative people, and bring everything that's on the inside of us out so that we can bless the people around us. That's my prayer. And God, I also pray if there's anybody that doesn't know you personally, that's listening to this podcast, maybe is searching for meaning and and life and, and what it's all about, I pray, God, that they would humbly open their heart to you and that you would come in and begin to work in their lives in a, a miraculous way. That's my prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, there you go. Thanks so much for joining me. I would love to hear some feedback. Uh, we don't get a whole lot of feedback, so it would be so nice to hear from you. Would you email me? Rick at TakeHimWithYou.com. Rick at TakeHimWithYou.com. Now, um, I've got a surprise for next week, so you're going to have to hold on. I don't want to ruin the surprise. So come back next week. It's going to be a great show. As always, it will be very fun. And then, of course, in October, I'm excited about doing our zombie month, which will be very fun. You're going to enjoy that. Trust me on this one. It's going to be really fun. Take Him With You is a Moyer Multimedia LLC production. Copyright 2009. All rights reserved. For more information, visit www.takehimwithyou.com. That's www.takehimwithyou.com. Any contributions and support would be most helpful. Thank you. See you next week. You just call. And you know wherever I am, I'll come running, oh yeah baby, to see you.